Assalamu alaikum and welcome to another episode of the Dr. Will Show, where I interview educators and entrepreneurs on leveling up. Each episode, I zoom in someone who's dope, and we just sit back and have a conversation on what it means to live your best life. Now, if this is your first time checking out the podcast, this is the Mobile University for Entrepreneurs, and I'm your host, Dr. Will. Now, today we're going to be talking about branding and specifically content creation. I am here with Marietta Gentiles Crawford. Uh, she is killing it in business, writes a lot of awesome things about personal branding, uh, content creation, career development. And I wanted to bring her on to actually talk about it, particularly, you know, my audience, uh, educators, and some of them are still on the fence of, am I a brand? Why does branding apply to me? And so we're going to talk about that uh, today. So for those who will be listening on Apple Podcasts, Simplecast, iTunes, and Stitcher, will you please introduce yourself, Marietta? Yes, I am Marietta Gentles Crawford. And as you said, I am a personal brand strategist, copywriter, speaker, and author. And I help business leaders, uh, small business owners, and corporations. So my goal is to help people just spread their brilliant ideas and help them communicate in a very clear way. So what do you think that you would be doing when you were growing up? And what drew you to personal branding? You know, it's, it's so funny. When I think about when I was younger, I, I grew up in a family of IT folks. You know, my father was a field engineer. My mother was a computer programmer. My sister was um, an IT teacher. So, of course, when it was time for me to decide what I wanted to be when I grew up, I'm like, I want to be a writer. <laughs> I wanted to do something completely different. And, you know, what I love and why I'm so glad that the synergy and just in talking to you, because um, I, I actually went to college for English and I thought about being an educator myself because I just knew that it was going to involve words. And um, I loved English. I loved reading. I loved just um just talking. And I didn't become a classroom teacher, but I did end up training in the classroom as a systems trainer um, for over over 15 years in corporate America. Wow. Yeah. So um, it's, it's also interesting, too, because I worked for one of my consulting and in, in, in roles was with the Department of Education. And so with that, I was able to really see the role of educators in a, a completely different light. Um, I helped um, bring up a call center. So for it was it was for uh, for teachers in New York City and eventually for the parents. So it, it gave me a great light into just education and and what teachers go through and, and educators go through. Mm. So you are a brand strategist and founder of Mary Brands for You. You are no stranger to producing high quality targeted content. Why is it important for educators to be content creators? And what are some of the different types of content can they create? I think it's important because educators are teachers. And when we think about personal branding, and, and it really is about adding value and being a service. And a lot of times when people think about branding, uh, they'll roll their eyes, right? Because it's like, oh, you know, I'm not a brand. I don't want to be that person who's out there just, you know, promoting myself all the time. And self-promotion feels so dirty. And, you know, I'm just not a brand. I'm not a business. So why do I feel like I need to do that? And 
you know, what I like to do is strip away all of the bad examples because let's, let's be honest. There are a lot of bad examples of, of what branding is that I can understand why, why people, anybody, whether you're an educator or not, feel like, eh, that's not me. But at the end of the day, regardless, you are someone who is an individual, right? So your title may be educator, whether you're a teacher, whatever your role is within the education system or within the industry, but it's a title, right? And if you strip away the title, there's these skills that you have that make you so different and so unique. And what's interesting about it is that educators more than anyone has a place in, in branding and, and in this whole field because you are the teachers. You are the ones that are in the classroom. So when I think of personal branding, I think of being of service. And the best way that you can be of service is to teach everything you know. So who better to do that than educators, right? Because that's that's what your that's what your your role is in, in many ways, whether you're inside the classroom or not. Mm. They're gonna like that answer. They're gonna like that. <laughs> It's, it's, it's so true. It's so true. So here's the thing. A lot of times when you talk to people about, okay, I want you to create content or I want you to get out there and, and share your genius. People get overwhelmed. They don't know where to start. And Mm -hmm. sometimes, you know, they get, uh, if the tech gets in the way because they're thinking about this platform, that platform, or, you know, I'm a second grade teacher, I do X, Y, and Z, but they can't put it all out there. Um, mm-hmm. You do need to be more targeted with exactly the content you create so that you create the narrative that you want other people to have of you. Right. So how does one start to determine which type of content they're going to create? Well, that's a good question because I think some of it also is this fear, right? There's a fear of if I'm out there, if I'm on LinkedIn and if I'm starting to write my own articles, is that considered a bad thing? And the first thing I would say is strip that fear away too, because again, removing your title, whether you work in a school, whether your title has changed over the years, you as an individual have your thoughts and you're entitled to those thoughts. Now, of course, you're not going to do anything that's going to conflict with your with the school or with anything that's controversial. But if you're thinking about yourself as a brand, you're not going to do that anyway, right? Because when we talk about personal branding, it's building a reputation and building this consistent image that when someone sees your name or hears your name, they're going to connect you with X, Y, Z. So if you're a second second grade teacher and your topic is math or science, and that's what you teach, there are so many ways that you can get started because first of all, this is your zone of genius, right? So no one's telling you to do anything outside of share your thoughts on what you know best as an expert. Right. So the best way I, I, I think to start is where you're comfortable. And sometimes it's, it's, it's really also just looking at what's trending in, in your industry, what's trending in education and taking that one topic and adding your voice to it. What are your thoughts? You know, what are your beliefs? Because you are entitled to your thoughts no matter where you work, no matter what your title is. So I think if you if you strip that fear 
and think about it of obviously always being strategic, right? Regardless, you're going to be strategic. So you're not going to put anything out there that's going to be damaging to your name. Um, so if you're thinking in that type of way, your content is going to reflect that as well, because you're setting this image of what you're able to put out into the world. Mm. Okay. Okay. So you wrote this. <laughs> yeah, you did. You did. So you wrote this book. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love the title, by the way. I don't, I don't even know how you got there with it, but it's uh, From Nine to Thrive. What was the pain point behind writing the book? And how should an educator go about, you know, niching down on specific topics that they plan to cover with their content? And what has been your process? Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, I have to shout out my best friend, uh, Tara, because she actually helped me <laughs> to put the title of this book. She is in education as well. She's an HR director and she manages teachers. And I was just struggling and I, it was going to be the most plain name. And she came up with it one day and I'm just like, you're a genius. So I have to give her a shout out. Um, thank you for that, though. Um, you know, that book came out of my career and my process of, of, of learning what it is to do a personal, you know, to be a personal brand. Even when you, you asked me in the beginning, like what led me into personal branding, it really was my process of, of being someone in the career world, building up, um, you know, experiences and being in situations where I'm underpaid, I'm not challenged, I'm maybe too challenged for not enough money. And, and, and all those experiences, it made me, uh, you know, go on job interviews, and it made me have to write my own resume for a long time. And what I realized is that, you know, it really wasn't about a great resume, I used to write resumes, actually, it really was about how do you communicate your message? Right. And how are you so clear on what makes you different that it's not even about you proving to someone why they deserve you. You're almost having them say, you know what, we need you. Okay, Mm -hmm. so that's really where that book that book came from, because it was it became this compilation of what I learned throughout my journey and what I wanted to teach others when it comes to educators and and, 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 in the content process, as far as what do I want to write about? Again, I think it comes down to to um, where do you feel most comfortable? Where can you add your voice? So like for me that book from nine to thrive came from where I felt passionate. So where I was the type of person that I was, you know, people would call it a job hopper because I, at that point didn't stay at a job longer than maybe a year or two, because once I felt like this was not the right opportunity for me, I was out. But I was also strategic enough that when I had to answer to the next person, why I left this job or why I had this gap, I was able to communicate that in a clear enough way where it wasn't a a barrier either or wasn't the obstacle. So that passion that I had in that book came from the fact that this is where my, I felt like I had this voice to give. So when it comes to content and educators, where, where are you passionate? You know, is it about having parents be more involved? Is it about, you know, technology and, and, and making sure that your students have the, the, the best technology and keeping up to date with that? Is it a, maybe the opposite? Maybe you feel like there's too much technology and you want to scale it back and, and have kids play, play soccer again or handball or, you know, double dutch with the telephone wires like back in the day. So, you know, it really is your unique point of view is is the best way to start when it comes to a content strategy because then it doesn't feel like work. 
it feels like you sharing your point of view because you'll be surprised how many people you'll connect with just by being honest. Mm, I like that. I like that. So I hear a lot about the need to be consistent. And this is something that for me, I try to go, okay, I'm going to put out two podcast episodes a week so that people know that this, this content is coming. I'm building my audience and they're like, okay, I know on my commute to work or while I'm doing this laundry, I have the Dr. Will show that'll be right there for me. How important is consistency in someone uh, positioning themselves as an authority in a particular subject matter? Well, very important. I think you're a great example of that with what you've been able to do um, with your podcast, with your documentary. Congratulations to you, by the way, on, on that. So I think being consistent is very important um, because it gets you in front of the face of the faces of the people that you want to reach. And, you know, people have a short, like when you think of LinkedIn and you think of social media, the, the clock goes very, very quickly, right? People are scrolling through their feeds, they're, you know, multitasking. So it's very easy to get missed. So when you have a channel, whether, you know, you're doing a blog or you're doing a video or a podcast, you really want to make sure that you're consistent because that's going to keep your name in front of someone's face. And again, when I'm just tying it back to personal branding, you know, one of my favorite quotes, um, I, I think it's uh, Jeff Bezos from Amazon. It's like mm. branding is what people say about you when you're not in a room, right? And the only way that people are going to remember your name if they keep on seeing your name. So consistency is important. Now, what consist being consistent means to you as an individual is going to vary, right? Because I mean, uh, for for someone, maybe they're like, "Listen, I'm I'm working. I'm in a classroom. I have to get my lesson planning together. You know, I have to come home. I have to do all this stuff. I don't have time to to do all these things, right?" So you have to find what is consistent for you. Is it doing something daily? Is it doing something weekly, biweekly, or even once a month? you know, to start out with, because I think if you make it realistic as far as what you're able to do, then you'll be able to continue and keep that momentum up. Mm, I like that, people. That's another gem. <laughs> she drops. She keeps dropping so many <laughs> gems. And I like Tiffany's over here. She keeps dropping them. I'm waiting for the sound effect. Uh, we can put that in afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> so... In addition to my podcast, and I found podcasts to sort of be my jam, my go-to, what I love doing to create content. But I also, for my brand, write for EdTech magazines uh, because I want to position myself as someone, as a go-to person in the EdTech space. Is there a golden rule for how you create content and what and and how does how should someone content look and feel you know because everyone has their own style their own flavor and some people you can like Gary V you know his stuff is just like high energy yes. and full of profanity and now he has a curse free channel which I watched that one okay uh, but his video feels different from let's say a Coriel or uh, someone else. So how does, what do you live by in terms of when you're creating content, the feel, the emotion you're trying to, 
to eliciting people? And and how should should people think about that when they're creating their own content? I think, you know, that's that's really a great question. I think it's about being authentic. And I know that's becoming some, some somewhat of a buzzword, but it really is true because I think that's also what may stop some educators from putting themselves out there. Because in a way, when you start blogging or you start doing a video or even a podcast, you're opening yourself up for people to make a judgment, right? Now that alone, if you're not a professional writer and you're just trying to build your brand could be enough for you to say, I don't want anything, you know, I remember when I started writing on LinkedIn, um, maybe that was like in the early days, 2011. And the more I started writing, the more I started getting trolls. And I remember one of my articles um, went viral. It was a resume article. It was like, you know, top resume mistakes. And it went viral. And I was so excited. You know, the first couple of comments like, oh, this is great. This is so helpful. And I was like, this is, this sucks. This is really basic information. This is clickbait. This is this, this is this. And I'm like, wow, that, it kind of made me go inside a little bit. And then what I did instead, I said, you know what? This is me. This is my advice. And what I did is actually wrote an article about the trolls and spin that into another positive because I'm like, you know what, I'm not going to let anybody's opinion shape me being, having my voice. So I think the first thing I would say is just insert your own signature, right? Your digital signature. So like, you know, you have like a certain artist, um, whether it's a singer or a painter, and you look at that painting, like there's, a, um, there's, an, there's an artist called Kadir Nelson, and he's an African-American um, artist, and he has a very, uh, a style that's very, uh, you see his painting, like the figures are very long and exaggerated. And he has a signature style that when you see that painting, you know, who it is, or even a song, you know, uh, you know, when we think of singers, you know that you hear that voice, you're like, oh, okay, that's so-and-so. So I think, you know, you have to insert your, your digital signature into your, your work, whether it's a blog, whether it's a, a video, whether it's um, whatever it is. Like for me, I, because I've been a trainer, you know, for very much a long time, my style that how I train is how I write. So I'm very casual. Um, and, and before I, you know, I have a young face and people always, you know, in corporate, it's like they look at this young girl and I used to teach very heavy topics like sexual harassment and ethics and, and they would look at me and I, you know, the natural thing may say, okay, I have to come in and straighten my jacket up and be very serious because I need you to take me seriously. And I'm like, um, no, I'm going to be me. And so my, my way is just inserting humor, you know, writing the way that I would talk to someone over a cup of coffee or a glass of wine. And I think that connects with people more than to feel like you have to. And I, and I think especially for educators, right? Because I would assume, I would imagine that there's this extra pressure as an educator writing that you're saying, I can't have a typo. I can't, you know, maybe have a grammar mistake or misquote something or whatever, or have too much of an opinion, because then that may be a conflict to another teacher or a parent or whatever. But Again, taking it back to personal branding, your reputation, your, your, your name. If you're always thinking about that, you're going to insert your digital signature, whatever that may be. And 
and and you're going to be good with that if you're not sure you can follow people that are in your industry you know uh, a colleague and friend of mine robin shulman she is doing it on linkedin actually and she is amazing and she she writes she's linkedin top voice and there's so many people that are influencers in the industry that you can follow and you don't follow them to be like them because you don't want to be the next person you don't want to be the next dr will or the next robin but you follow them and you take pieces of what you like and respect and add your own vibe and that's how you get your own style i hear you shout out to robin who interviewed me for forbes oh she oh go robin oh go both of you yes yes yeah, she interviewed me about my documentary oh that's wonderful yes i love it i'm like we're it's a small four. world right <laughs> yeah 4,500 views. Wow. Yeah. It was released wow. the weekend of uh, Easter. See? See? And that that says a lot, too, because people, not everybody's reading. Everybody's in church. So yeah. the fact that you you got those views, that's, that's, that's amazing, right? <laughs> yeah. I'm enjoying it. I was, you know, I'm sharing it with people. And people are like, oh, you're in Forbes, man. That is like, yeah. big. That is big. I like it. I like it. I like it. So shout out to both of you guys. And again, proof, right? And and this is what happens because now you're you're collaborating. And this is why a lot of times I say it's really important to leverage LinkedIn um, because this is where you can find people just like you. You know, educators can find, go into groups and, and, and look for people. Now, groups is a whole nother conversation. We don't have time for that. But I would say in looking for groups, look for active groups with quality people that are like-minded, get to know them, have conversations with them all over the world, maybe even in your backyard. It is, it is a missed opportunity that I think many people don't take advantage of. So I want to throw this out there since you mentioned LinkedIn. I'm on there... And I like it because of the information that is disseminated there. But LinkedIn does have a reputation of being the three-piece suit social network. Yes. And so I know their educators are there, but I don't know how active they are as opposed to being on Facebook or Twitter, which is, you know, again, more laid back where you can, you know, send a picture out of, of your child, mm -hmm. you know, doing X, Y, and Z, which on Facebook, which on LinkedIn, I'm not saying it never happens, but it's not normal to go through your feed and someone says, my child just read a book, you know, here's this, you know, mm -hmm. people don't normally get that personal. Mm -hmm. When... An, ed an educator is looking at the different platforms in which they will share their content on. Mm. And, you know, let's say the, the, the big ones would be LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, and of course you have a Pinterest. You just mentioned how dope LinkedIn is. And I will tell someone, the people who write the checks are on LinkedIn, which is another, you know, awesome thing that I like. What would you say to an educator who may see LinkedIn and think it's too stuffy for yes. them? What do you say to them to say, when you are putting out your content and you're talking about in really engaging people and learning people, this is the, the, the platform you need to be on? Oh, this is, this is uh, actually a really good question. Uh, you have to find your people. 
Okay. And the thing about it is that if you have a LinkedIn, if you have your LinkedIn, your, your LinkedIn experience is only going to be as good as your network. Right. So if you have a network that is filled with maybe, you know, maybe some other teachers and someone you went to school with and college with an old manager and they're not active, you and you post something, you know what's going to happen when you post? Nothing's going to happen because no one's on it. Right. So your first thing is, again, to find the influencers, find the people that are active, because then once you start engaging with them, you're going to not only go on your feed and see people who are, you know, posting regularly and you can comment and add your own, your, your own, um, you know, insights too. But then when you post and you have your videos, then you're going to have people who are going to actively um, initiate conversations. So the first thing is connecting with quality minded people and, and finding that. Um, the second thing is, is not having your message in the bubble, right? Because if you're, if you have something great to say, so let's say we, we got past the point of an educator saying, all right, I'm afraid of, of writing or blog. And let's say this educator says, I'm ready. I'm ready to write, right? I'm ready to put my voice out there. And I'm going to, you know, I listen to the podcast and Dr. Will and Marietta are just on it and I'm going to write. But if you're writing and no one sees all of your brilliant ideas, mm -hmm. that can also be discouraging. So the reason why I recommend LinkedIn is because when your network is filled with people that are going to engage with you, your message is going to spread. Another, another, another thing about LinkedIn is the ability to you know, um, show your expertise beyond just the blog, right? So I think you mentioned before, like, what are what type of content um, would I recommend for an educator? To me, one of the first things if, that I would do in a, a platform that's within the platform is SlideShare. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with SlideShare, but SlideShare is completely underutilized. By itself, SlideShare is a platform that easily can get your message spread on its own. And then SlideShare partners with LinkedIn, right? So two things happen. You can create SlideShare, and for those who are not familiar with it, it's basically like a platform where you can upload presentations, and this presentation can be searched, or you can search for other presentations. As an educator, if you're used to putting together, you know, a presentation and putting together curriculum, this is your jam, right? So you can start by putting something. So let's say, you know, the five, the five keys to, you know, to teach in a, in a, a filled classroom or with a classroom of um, students with, 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 with different abilities, whatever that topic will be, right? If you put up, if you put, if you're strategic in the type of content that you put up, that you create, you can do two things. You take that, you put it into a presentation, you have it on SlideShare. That within itself is going to give you an audience and give you a presence. Then you can take that same presentation and upload it onto your LinkedIn profile and then share it. So now you have two machines that are working for you. And then now you're creating this, 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 this presence, right? Remember we talked about your digital signature. You're creating a signature because when they look at your profile, they're going to see these presentations or these blogs that are aligned to whatever your, your niche is, whatever your specific topic is. And they're going to want to learn more about you. Then they're going to say, every time I see that person, I love the content they share. And that means they're going to follow you. That means they're going to engage. And that's how the circle goes where it starts from oh my goodness, I think I'm going to write to, wow, I'm enjoying it because my message is being heard.
Mm. <laughs> Ooh, that was that was good. That's good. I like. <laughs> well, y'all gonna love this one. Y'all gonna love this one. Um. So before we go, what is your call to action for those educators who they see content create? They hear what you're saying. It 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 it's opening up an idea of for them, but they still see content creation as something for someone else and not them. Mm-hmm. Or they feel with all of the grading and staying after school stuff they have to do, someone saying, hey, create content for your brand. They're thinking it's just something extra, something else on my plate. Mm-hmm. I would say you are a leader. You are a leader and that leadership You are a leader and the leadership, no matter what role you play in the classroom, within the education system, doesn't stop in the classroom. So it's really up to you to use your voice, use your knowledge, use your education, use your experience to help the next person, to enlighten the next person who's going to pay that forward. So I would just say lead by example and don't leave your voice in the classroom. Mm. All right, people. Okay, I'm, I'm excited to share this one. Uh, people, I'd like to thank my guest, uh, Marietta Gentles Crawford, for coming on the show. Thank you, Marietta. Thank you, Will. It was my, I think I, I think I honestly could have went on for another 40 minutes. Just don't even get me started about just the power of content and, and LinkedIn and, and just these tools. So I really hope that this message does get into that person who has something inside them that they've been afraid to get out and now they will. Awesome. Well, we can have you back on to talk about just LinkedIn. I would, I would love to. I would love to. I think SlideShare is something, especially for educators who are, are comfortable with creating, that I think that's, that's something that is, is worth um, thinking about within itself. So, yeah. Excellent. Excellent. So, people, you know how I do this. This podcast will be on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, iTunes, and Simplecast. I need you to rate it, leave me some stars, and follow, subscribe, and share. Get it out there. Show love because your boy's trying to get Oprah on the show. And I want her to know that I'm doing big things around here. Again, I'd like to thank my guest, Marietta, for coming on and dropping so many gems. Uh, This is the Mobile University for Entrepreneurs. And I am your host, Dr. Will. As always, people, invest in you. EDU, peace.